this is this our first episode for 2022, Miss Ronita? Yes. Cool. Either way, it's gonna be the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> She's not paying attention. Um, but yeah, this this is gonna be the first episode of 2022, um, and so this is actually gonna be the first episode of a series that I've been really, really excited to talk about. Um, you know, I always like to always like to talk about you know things that are kind of taboo. That's just me, but um, oh, anyway. Um, so yeah, we've been going through, um, with our Bible study, we talked to, uh, we were reading through the book Urban Apologetics by Christopher Brooks. It, I didn't like the book at all. Um, well, I did, I will say that he did come through. I did, I've said that through the entirety of this whole thing. I've said I haven't liked it, so I've been very honest. And now it's like out there, out there. I don't care. <laughs> he, did, I, he did not do a great job What's with the book, book called again? Urban Apologetics by Christopher Brooks. And you do not like it? I don't like, I liked the last chapter of the book. Because what didn't you like about it? <laughs> it was just because he, like, for instance, like, with this whole series with Let's Talk About Sex, there was a chapter in the book called Sexuality. He spent the entire, like, seven, eight pages talking about homosexuality, which, yes, that is a part of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about, you know, Christ in the city, Christ in morality, Christ in social justice, they talked about a lot of social justice issues, but you only stuck with homosexuality. And there's a lot more topics that can be discussed when you're talking about that more than just gay is bad and this is why the bible says gay is bad right gotcha. and then just some unrealistic stereotypes and things that he put in there like the reason why aids is so high with black people is because you know we're all poor and i'm like that that's literally what he said it was a really opinionated book yeah i mean kind of for the most part but the last chapter really it came he did a good job with the last chapter if he would have wrote it with the tone that tone throughout the entire book i might have liked it a little bit better but um but yeah but that's the whole reason why i wanted to have this conversation because if you know the literature and the things that we were using at least weren't talking about everything like it you know could be then why not have the conversation ourselves about it and kind of how i would have seen or would have liked the um the chapter to kind of go um Mm -hmm. talking about sexuality um so um i guess one of the questions i wanted to start with is just do you guys believe that well really quick before we do all that because i know miss ronnie is gonna say something um we have miss Shartisha here <laughs> if you guys are watching all live and then we have dj and then we have mikey um so you know that's you know we're just gonna have a good conversation today um so do you guys believe that we live in a hypersexual society yes super 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 hyper Sexual. Super hyper extreme. to the point that we have extreme. like sexualized little girls, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I would say when it comes out, even to, like the things that they watch, the things that they do in like like kid cartoons, yeah. it's just like crazy. Yeah, like watching them back, yeah. even like the old nineties and watching uh, them back now. Like there's so yeah. many like there was a no. Rugrats episode that was crazy. My daughter is into a uh, proud family right now, and I was like, I do not remember it being oh, so. Yeah. in your face a couple things not the reboot the okay. old one she like she likes old school stuff but yeah i was just like i don't remember it being i mean almost to i was like i might not want her to watch this episode you know yeah i was like dang yeah. so yeah yes yeah. okay so what messages does society tell us about sex and sexuality uh, i want to say it's more encouraging to just I think they encourage younger and younger people to identify and express their sexuality at such a young age that it encourages them to make 
I'm not going to say right or wrong decisions in whichever way they want to swing or if they want to do it or not do it. I just think it's encouraging to have sex. It's not really a preach of abstinence or make sure you're even thinking about the right things first. It's more so if you're going to do it, just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also kind of piggybacking off of that, <clears throat> it is almost so much focus on um, sexuality at such a young age Whereas if you act a certain way, they feel like you have to then choose your sexuality. It's like, I mean, when I was little, I was a tomboy. But if people, if it, if it was when I was now, if I was growing up now, I feel like people would be trying to pressure me into choose my sexuality. And that's two different things. Yeah. Just being more masculine as a kid or more feminine as a kid or what have you, has it doesn't have to be about sexuality. But I feel like they run it together. And yeah. it's it's not it's not the same thing yeah i got the same thing like i've always i've been a fan of basketball my entire life i've always liked it and you know the the whole stereotype about girls with basketball Mm -hmm. so that definitely was pressed on me since like fifth grade fifth sixth grade and so definitely and i think that you know it's it's glamour do you guys think that it's like i don't say glamorize i hate when people say that but like it's just like you said it's pushed a lot like Mm -hmm. it's that's what you're supposed to do yeah so that's what i was thinking it's like they kind of normalize it like it just become Mm -hmm. Uh, everyday part of, of life yeah. there's no this is not it's not special anymore it's not held for a certain purpose it's just you just, something you just do it's like it's like food, numb you know almost yeah. you just, yes. mm-hmm. and they've just numbed us to it I remember mm-hmm. like it used to be you wouldn't be able to talk about that like you wouldn't go like to school this right here. and talk about it yeah, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to just have a conversation out in the open or it wasn't something that you just go and to, well, maybe for guys, we always kind of talked about it openly. But if but. you were talking about it, it'd be like, hey, this isn't the time or place to talk about <laughs> right. it, or we shouldn't be ta- we should be focused on this thing, mm-hmm. opposed to now, if we were to have um, a similar sexual conversation, it's like guys at school would be like, oh, okay, let's talk to a counselor about and express, and let's have an open conversation about what we're doing and encouraging. And I feel like, this is my personal opinion, I feel like it should be more encouraged to not focus so much on sex mm-hmm. or whatever you, you got going on mm-hmm. focus on uh just the progression of your success if you want to call it success or just your your own life more so than everybody wants to focus on sexuality not even sexuality but just sex in general mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. and so with our new revelation services we've been talking a lot about um being in the world but not of the world and like the difference between kingdom and culture so Kind of keeping that approach. What does like the Bible and what does church kind of tell us about sexuality and sex? So I think, unfortunately, traditionally, church has made it almost something bad and dirty. And so I think in some instances, it has almost pushed and done the opposite of bringing about more curiosity. Whereas being, I wish the church would be a lot more educational about sex mm-hmm. and explain why. I mean, obviously you can never explain why God deemed things to be a certain way, but as a Christian, you can see why he may have said, no, this is for married people. This mm-hmm. is for like, you can kind of see. And so if we focus more on that education of maybe why God is saying this and what the, the, you know, all the repercussions that can happen, um, Versus just like, no, don't do it, it's bad, blah, 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 and almost making it like it's just a bad thing. I think that's, to me, where the church has kind of messed up. 
Yeah. I think you nailed it. Like when you said yeah. it just creates and generates a certain level of curiosity. Mm -hmm. When you give somebody a restriction, but there's no explanation, like you said, no education behind it, they're just going to wonder, well, why can't I do this? And it's funny, like even in the Bible itself, it says that uh, the law gives power to sin. Mm -hmm. Meaning that when you put a law out there, that just makes them want, okay, well, that, why, why can I cross that line? Right, right. And it's just our natural tendency to explore why can't I cross that line. So you just give me a rule and don't give me any education about it. Well, now I want to go do that rule. Yeah, I've seen an experiment really where they know. put a bunch of kids in a like a yard or something. They said, y'all go play with whatever y'all want. They got all these toys, slides, just all this kid stuff. There was one plant sitting by this building that said, but don't touch that plant. And they just watched them. <laughs> Normally, kids wouldn't think nothing about a plant. Mm -hmm. If you got all these yard full of toys, every single kid at some point went by and touched the plant just That's because they so were told funny. not to. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, because um, like for me personally, I went to a, um, I went to Catholic Christian schools my entire life, and they had this, um, it was a program called Promise to Keep. And so they had like high school kids come and teach all the, I don't think they did in elementary school, I think it was middle school kids and like about celibacy, about abstinence, about saving yourself for marriage and all of that. And then at the end of the presentation, they would hand out these cards that had like a, a contract essentially on the back and we had to sign it, um, you know, saying, oh, you're not, we're not going to have sex until marriage, which it was cool, you know, like sixth grade, seventh grade, but you know, around eighth grade is sometimes when people will at least in my schools, when some people started doing that, but like you're pressured almost to sign it, like because everybody's sitting there watching you and the teachers are like, y'all better sign this. And, you know, so then that was just my whole thing was just, you know, and they talked about, you know, oh, you're going to get kind of like the whole Mean Girls example, you're going to get an STD and die, or you're going to get pregnant and die. And it's never, like you said, the education behind it to say like, okay, so this is why we're saying this, not just don't do it. Because I think that what you said, DJ, that the curiosity just breeds the worst thing in the world and you know mm -hmm. they say curiosity kills the cat and that's exactly mm -hmm. exactly what happens yeah. um so pretty much a lot of stuff gets left out so do you guys think that um between the church and with society like there are double standards between men and women i guess when it comes to that yes. oh yeah oh yeah For sure yeah i know we were talking before we started recording just about how like guys were so what what did that look like for you guys coming up even now the double standard between church and and society what would, well just between like how i mean i know you guys probably may not know how girls were treated or what mm -hmm. that looks like with us coming through but as a as a boy going to a man how was that for you all got you so i would say um because i'm here for the culture more so than anything i would say um like growing up around my friends and family it's like it was okay or cool for for men or dudes or boys at 14, 15 and start having sex. Um, but I didn't, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 19. So I was considered weird or homosexual because I didn't want to have sex until later. And it wasn't even, I don't even think a religious thing. It was more so, a, I'm a germaphobe, so. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, yeah, so I was just like, nah, I'm okay. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't let no, nobody touch me because it was weird. To me so but I, I would say before a woman at 14 15 to have those same interactions um, when it comes to people pressuring her to do it have sex um, that's considered her to be a, a I don't know what you want to call it Lucy there you go that's the word that's yeah. my grandma okay so we being politically I was gonna say yeah I was like y'all jumped in before 
before <laughs> y'all jumped in. Because I was just going to say what they said. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that is how it was, though. It was like, I can't really think of what it was like as far as from an older generation, like being pressured from anybody older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I grew up in a house where my father was a pastor. So most, and most of the people, most of the adults that I was around was in the church as well. So I didn't really feel that type of pressure coming from anybody older than me. I didn't have any older brothers. I don't really have any older cousins or nothing like that. But just in my circle of friends, being in high school and all that is like, as a as a male or whatever, if you're not doing that, like you said, something's wrong with you. Yeah. You're gay or, you know, your reputation is just like whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they you, You're just pressured to do it. But at the same time, nobody will want to be associated with a female that does that. Yeah. That same because like oh no nah, she that's she's a hoe like if I do it I'm a player or a pimp or whatever you want to call it whatever we saw fit to name it back then but it was a it was a good label that we carried if we were out there having sex and being active but if a female our same age in the same environment mm-hmm. was doing the same thing she's looked down on for sure like yeah. everybody warns you about the fat that little fast girl mm-hmm. and you know I talk about a lot on this podcast like one of my my best friends even to this day was that fast friend that your mama warned you about. And, you know, the church specifically, I feel like, has a really unrealistic, like, they put girls' virginities up on a pedestal, but, like, boys, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, you know, you know how, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Boys so, will be boys. Boys will, right. boys will be boys, yeah. Exactly. And so, do you think it also, um, like, because I'm a podcast junkie, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, I was listening to one where um, they were talking about... Um, is it can you have sex without emotions and so i pose that question to you guys do you think that you can have sex without emotions once upon a time i would say so um back in my did you say ho already did you say ho already yeah okay i just said it twice okay cool so (laughs) back back in my whole days i would say um yeah it was fairly easy to have sex with no emotion after i got past the germaphobe thing Mm yeah so I think for like, but after like after you find like the love of your life, I don't think you can just go detach that emotion and have sex with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Meet my personal preference mm-hmm. to detach because that emotion is always there. Once you have that person, mm-hmm. it's hard to detach that emotion and have sex with somebody else. Because even though you don't have emotions for that person, the person you do have emotions for, it's, it's you still got that with you. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, for me, I think I think men can do it more easily. At least we think we can do it, and not have any emotional attachment behind it. Um, I mean, I feel like I have done it and not really had any emotion invested into it. In your whole days, it was in my yeah, in my whole days, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And (laughs) it was weird for me too because, like, honestly, like growing up, I wasn't even that guy. Like, I didn't really have any ambitions. (laughs) <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't desire to really be out there like that. Like I always kind of just had it in my mind, like yo, at some point I'm gonna get married and I'm gonna be good. And I think that kind of came from me seeing the negative impact it had on women when guys kind of, because I had an older sister who dealt with heartbreak, and so I think it just kind of scarred me and kind of shaped my my view on it or whatever. So I never really had that desire until I got roommates and it became a competition thing, and then all of a sudden. I had yeah I had my my whole days and I think at that time I was able to try to do it without having emotion invested into it but again I mean just sticking with the Bible I think that's what 
the Bible. That's why the Bible says we're not supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Because when it talks about a man leaving his uh, parents and joining his wife, like when they say be joined, that's what they're talking about. You're right. joining physically, you're joining or emotionally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And even in the New Testament, it says the same thing. Like you're not supposed to sleep with a prostitute because y'all join. Like it ain't just something you can do and bounce. And there's no... Mm-hmm. You know, you don't take nothing with you. Mm-hmm. So we may be tripping ourselves to think we can do it mm-hmm. without emotional attachment, and we just not be aware. That, of it. that we're tri- you feel like people trick themselves. Yeah, that? even Why? guys, guys <laughs> think you know. Really? Yeah, I'm no. I, and let me. I think there's always a spiritual exchange. So even though they think they're like they walking away, there's there's still something there. There's a reason why you can walk in a room with um, someone you had an experience with, but supposedly y'all don't care about each other, but y'all still like watching each other the whole time. You still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's, I just feel like there's always still something there. I don't feel like you can just 100% cut it off. Now, I grew up with older brothers. Like, one is seven years older than me, one's five years older than me. So I hung around them quite a bit, and I blamed them for my my whole face because I wanted to be like them. I was like, I'm not going to be some girl that the, that they deal with that's sitting here whining and crying about them. Nope, I'm always going to have me one on the side. I'm always going to, you know, be out here. I'm not going to sit around crying over some guy. I'm always going to have somebody else. And so they started me and my whole face. <laughs> I feel like I'm just reminded of Adam saying, it was that woman you gave me. She's looking at God like, nah, it wasn't brothers you gave it me. Was. <laughs> it was. It was the brothers, boy. <laughs> and see, me and Mikey was making faces because, like, I... I, me and Miss Ronita also have had, yeah, I'm calling you out on it because we've had several conversations about it just because I, I, I believe that you can, I believe that it 100% can be done. And I think that it can be done without having those awkward moments where you see somebody in public and you're like, Oh gosh, there, there that goes. But because it's, you can like, at least with me, like it's, it's been points where I'm just like, Oh, look anyway. So, you know, it's, it just. To me, like there, I don't feel like there was any emotion attached to it when it happened. I don't feel like there was any emotions after because I think, you know, I feel like I'm a person that does a pretty good job at compartmentalizing things and like putting emotions and feelings where they need to be. Um, and then when they don't need to be, they're not putting them there. Now, when I have this conversation with some of my friends, it goes back to, and I think I had it with Miss Ron- Ronita as well. Um, that the actual act itself was not emotion, but the reason why the whole phase was there was off of an emotion yeah. in the first place. I could definitely see that too. Because then, and then I feel like, because it was two parts, like I feel like one part was, you know, self-esteem issues, um, mommy issues, abandonment issues, things like that. But then the other part of it, which I don't think society, well, society talks about it too much sometimes, but I don't think the church even scratches the surface of it, of there's a pleasure and a fun aspect of sex that people specifically in church don't want to talk about. It's just like, don't do it, don't do it. It's like, okay, but like, it's kind of fun though. Like, (laughs) you know, like they don't want to talk about that part of it that, you know, it's not always easy to follow, you know, the Bible and follow everything. And I get that. But when you have some, such a strong hold of like society saying, do this, it's fun. And then the Bible like, oh, well just don't do it. 
you know, you you just have people that kind of fall through that crack. Yeah, and it makes them sound like hypocritical, I guess, because there's a comment. I was trying to find it. I can't find it, so maybe you can see it. But I can't. I don't have that. Oh, okay. Well, somebody's got to give us one of the phones. But I'm like, I do feel like the church gives this idea or this inclination that it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. I mean, like, y'all do know sex was God's idea, right? This like, he created it. Frequently <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, when he put Adam and Eve together, the first command he gave them was be fruitful and multiply. So... I can't keep telling me it's bad and, and God created it and God is good. <laughs> right. So it's like, like you said, it's that education piece. Like, okay, if you're telling me it's bad, mm-hmm. but God created it and God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Amen. And after creation, he looked at it and said, it's good. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to educate me about this because right. if the church and the parents don't do it, society's going to shape your kid's idea about 100%. sex. So when you're telling me it's bad, but you're not telling me why, and then I got all this society telling me it's good and they're telling me why and they're showing me why mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen when? and that's one thing I love about I have people in my family that's like you know they kind of live their life at a young age and may have made some mistakes or whatever mm-hmm. but they do a great job at educating their children it's like nah I'm transparent with you before the world can get to you I'm going to let you know what happened yes mm-hmm. there's a physical pleasure with it but here's everything else that right. comes with it and it's just not worth it. And to my knowledge, those kids are doing very well as far as maintaining their, their purity because of that education. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that the, well, I'm sure the interest is there, but yeah. Yeah. you know. Did you um, find the I just had it in one way. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. You read it. You're hosting this. What am I doing? I can't read anyways. Okay. I'm just uh, there's no such thing as sex without emotion. Either you're running from something or towards something. Trying to remove emotion is called avoidant behavior. It only means you don't want to connect deeply, but that could stem from a fear. Fear of abandonment, fear of failure, or more. Fear is an emotion. It's directed inward, but it's still emotion. Your brain... Okay, Michelle, come on. Uh, your brain is simply dialing down the condition to fall in love, but it doesn't go to zero. Something is still there. So the question is, if there is emotion, where does it go? Having been married to someone who tried to be disconnected prior to me and him, I guarantee it comes out later. It comes out in false sexual expectations. It comes out in lack of trust. It comes out in insecurity. So you're running your future relationship, ruining your future relationship with your spouse. So Miss Ronita agrees with that. Um, that was Miss Michelle, you said? Yeah. yeah that, that was, was deep, Miss Michelle. Yeah, like if I had a mm-hmm. mic in my hand, I, I didn't even say that. I'd have dropped it, though. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was real good. Yeah, and I mean... That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes and that's sense. definitely like... It's kind of like what I said. It's like the emotion may not be towards the person. Mm-hmm. The emotion is just like, I don't feel wanted anywhere in my life, so we don't do this. Or, you know, and you know that whole, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I think... You know the whole the whole fate whole whole phases. I'm gonna talk. Um, another part of that also, I think that comes with it is um, it's just kind of the ignoring feelings of everyone else, and like kind of ignoring the humanity of people. Do you think that that mm. that whole phases kind of make that more of a, a problem than it needs to be? I think it makes it more of a problem than it needs to be. Yeah, because. So when you say ignoring the humanity, like basically you start kind of exactly that's what I was about to say. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> it's crazy you say that because that's the term now. These young people body. are like, how many bodies you got? What's your body count? Right. How many bodies you got? You ain't heard what? that? No, ask this right now. Ask them. 
And that's how open they are with it. I've seen video, social media where they're doing these little social interviews and they'll just be out random interview people at random spring break or something. What's your body count so far? That's <laughs> crazy I was like, that you said that because when I was in high count. school, um, you know, everybody would go to spring break at the same spot, you know, private school crap. But uh, <laughs> DJ's like, no, I don't. Know. I don't. Like I've never experienced that. Well, a lot of the kids that I would go to school with, they would all go to the same spot of, of Florida for spring break. And then I just, because I helped out with the football team a lot. And just in the locker room, they were like, oh, well, we're all going to spring break or, you know, just during conditioning over, you know, time and stuff. And they were like, oh, well, how are we going to come back and see who who got what? We're going to see if all of us can hit this one girl. We're going to see if how many can come back with bodies and like how many bodies mm-hmm. you come back with from spring break, which, spoiler alert, uh, it didn't work out too well. Some people came back with crabs, but... Um, <laughs> It was bad because that, and then again, that went all over school. And see that, that, and it was I was innocent and didn't really know. I'm like, like from the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! And then I figured out what crabs was. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, but they they definitely do completely ignore humanity of. I think men. Well, I think that's kind of our stigma. We have we do that way too often I feel like we you wanna know what's funny it's do. more known it's that's more what I'm known. saying yeah that's what but I'm women saying. for women sure do it because yeah. I mean like you see even on Instagram and things like that you, girls will have guys in their phone this is dinner this is my car note this is my phone bill this is so, he fix, he's my electrician so I wonder like, how they have they always been doing it and they're just yes. more open about it now yes yeah Cause, okay yeah I was always wondering Mm-hmm. I could definitely just, remember. But they just kind of get fed up with our entire this. And yes. there was just a movement that just happened recently. So now it's been No, not there. recently. It was not recently. Hmm. Because, I mean, I know even women that are older and that have men in their lives solely for those purposes. Like, he's right. a mechanic. He can fix a car. Yep. Or he's... That. He's... <laughs> He sells insurance. I don't know. Like he works at the leasing <laughs> office at my I, 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 I don't get know. It, though. That's <laughs> why I never had relationships growing up. I had one, and I always told myself, "Well, I have one girl, and that's it. I'm good. I have one girlfriend, one relationship. I'm getting married, and that's that. That's that didn't work out. I ended up having to have two to get there. But me too. Right. I've only been in one other relationship my life. Yeah, but that was why I'm like I'm not really, really. because I was again I always it's had so hard for me to even fathom that. I've always yeah. had like a, a marriage mindset. So in my eyes, I'm like I'm not about to be dating you because if I'm dating you, I'm gonna go hard. I'm going in. And I'm not about to be investing all this time, energy, and money to you. And I don't see. Oh, I we see had different reasons. reasons. Oh, I yeah, just see not. What was your reason? I don't like people. Oh yeah, see not. <laughs> well. Fair. No. Okay. <laughs> Not enough for them to like stay around and be in your space. Yeah. <laughs> like, share your like space. really, really enjoy you as a person. For you to come around and just sit there and not do nothing in front of my face. I love you, Sierra. That was about to say, man. Sierra yeah. must be really special because she is. Because oh my gosh, <laughs> I really don't like people. I thought my husband was a lot more unique in that man, but sorry, you guys, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because that's kind of how he's always been. Man. They used to say he was a serial monogamous, and yeah, that's what his his mindset. He dated to see if you were like marriage material, yeah. whereas I never, no. ever even thought that. That's a revelation. Yeah, I just started I being accepting the fact that I would even want to get married probably within the past like three, four years. Mm. Yeah. So, which I think is crazy mm. because like you have guys that will like because you you two aren't the only guys that i've known that have like a lower number with relationships but have the mindset of oh well this is what we're supposed to do but then women we get shamed for it but then you know i've had five relationships in my life and i'm still not married to this day 
So, you know, and I don't I don't know how many relationships that you've had, but you know, it's why why do you think that is though? I can remember how many real relationships oh, I've real had. Ones? Four. Maybe maybe three. Maybe mm-hmm. three. Like Outside of situations real relationships, four. Yeah. Like something real, three. Um, I can't speak for it. all men. Um, just me me personally, I'm just a super selective person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I have this code of morals <laughs> and values. I don't believe in like lying to anybody. So um, I could I I would straight up tell you like hey yeah I'm I'm interested but not to be with you in any other form fashion or way and don't talk to me after this for a couple <laughs> weeks. Do you think that was actually received well? Always. I'm about to say yeah. Really? Yeah. You'd be surprised. I'm well, not surprised. I'm not made it almost me. respect like you me would be if you were so surprised about that. I can remember seeing we being in a club downtown and. One of my guys came out, he's wasted. And he looked at this girl, I'm pretty sure he had just met her, and he just looked at her, and he said, yo, I'm trying to, I can't say that, we can't get yeah, that wrong, but he said, I'm, and then she was laughing about it, he's like, no, I'm telling you right now, like, I'm no good, I'm no, I'm, he told it straight up, like, I'm no good, I ain't no boyfriend material, I ain't got nothing going on myself, so that's just gonna be what it is, so if you trying to, I'm, what's up? And I'm pretty sure she left with him that day. <laughs> but it's like that honesty is like, well, at least I know mm-hmm. what I'm getting myself into with you. My, I'm not at risk. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But that definitely is very yeah. well received. Yeah. Yeah, it's I respect it. I feel like it goes, it depends on the person too. Because I feel like there's some women that will take that and be like, oh, well, no, he's just saying that for now. But I can I can change that. But then there's there the, are the, those the girls, girls, at least it was like me that was like, I can change. good. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you for telling me the truth. So right. we both don't yeah. have to sit here and lie to each other, which, I mean, I didn't have a problem lying to nobody, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. Because it, it's kind of like what you said. Like, you see guys do whatever they want to do, and then you sit there hurt, and it's just like, well, I'm not about to sit here hurt. You want to play games? We could play games all day long. I right. love games. I'm very competitive. And I think my thing was I grew up with, like, majority – like, I had my father and my wife, of course, but I grew up with majority women, like mm-hmm. sisters, cousins – a ton of aunts, grandmothers, great grandmothers, all like I've seen them go through like the ups and downs. And me as a person, my personality type is just don't like people. I would rather just be honest with you mm-hmm. and tell you to stay away from me than to hurt your feelings a lot to you. Just from seeing them go through their ups and downs in life, it was more so I don't want to hurt nobody else's feelings. That's what happened to me. Yeah, I was just selfish. I just Same. wanted to protect myself. Same. I'm just like, I mean, so I was just like, But you, you said something. You said something a second ago, a second ago though, about how a man can be upfront with a woman and shit. Like, oh, that's cool. He says that now, but I can change him. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like a lot of women even use sex as a tool to try and change? Like thinking that giving them that will change. Yeah. Like, there's something different or yeah. special about me that if I give it to him, he's not going anywhere. Or if it's like, like top tier, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. mm-hmm. Yes. I do think some girls. See, yeah, they think I, that. I think that's the mis- A lot of well, a lot of people I think make that mistake where they think the quality of mm-hmm. the sex will keep a man who's just out here to conquer all. Like it doesn't matter how. Right. And vice versa. Or, vice yeah, versa. vice versa. So vice I've, versa. Yeah, I've never understood that. Agreed. To your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't either on both sides of it. It doesn't do anything. It's just kind of like, okay, because like I was we were talking earlier, I started watching um, Insecure 
And like Issa Rae was like my quotation. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes, I know all the episodes are done. The season's over with all of that. Sierra watched it, but I don't watch it. But yeah, you should. You guys should watch it. It's what a is really it? good show. It's on HBO Max now, and it's um, by Issa Rae, and it's just about this girl moving through life. She, spoiler alert, everybody, um, if you haven't seen it by now, but um, she ends up cheating on her boyfriend, and then he goes out and does stuff that's really out of his character, like just because he's hurt. And then she's kind of trying to just maneuver through now being single because they live together, they have a whole um, life together. So, but yeah, and then just and then like with her girlfriends and, mm-hmm, and then their the different situations. And one yeah. of her friends is married and then gets pregnant, and then the other ones, gotcha. the other two are single. Oh, and oh, almost lost your phone. It's a great, it's a great show. You said that's on HBO Max. Yes, mm-hmm. rich. I'm not. Okay. Um, I have just generous friends. We like to <laughs> We share. And also, AT&T will pay for HBO Max for you. Oh, yeah, they do. I think I have it too now that you say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kind of switching gears a little bit. One one thing I do want to talk about with um, just sex in general is the, you know, porn. Because I feel like porn has a big role in, in life. It was, speaking of HBO, you know, mm-hmm. porn used to be on HBO mm-hmm. back in the day. And then I, what do you guys feel the impact porn has had on sex and the way that it's discussed the way that it's discussed or just the way that it's viewed and you know seen today with people i could definitely speak about i feel how porn has played a part in my personal life when i was younger again blame these brothers i was exposed to those type of things and I feel like it gave me a unrealistic expectation mm-hmm. when it came to sex. And for a while, I was let down a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying it at first. We got to put her by like a minute. <laughs> right, I'm like, we got to have another camera to show. But I, I do, I think it puts an unrealistic expectation on people in general. Whether you're trying to you know, create just a, a great night together or a relationship, but it can it can put some bad expectations. Yeah. I, I can see that an unrealistic expectation due to porn. I was scarred at a really young age um, from porn. Not to throw anyone under the bus, it was not my mother. Um, <laughs> but somebody who was close to me had a very large porn collection and me being a nosy 12, 13 year old was like, oh, me and my cousin was like, we got to just go watch one because that's what you do at 12 or 13, being nosy. And I put the wrong one in, right? And I put it in, and I was like, hey, that dude looked familiar. And then I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, no. Clutching the pearls. So, um, yeah, so since then, I've, I've not been anti-porn, but... Um, <laughs> kind of scarred for a long time. And that may have played into effect my whole... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, mine was just... It was nothing that I really knew about, but my the, the fast friend that everybody warned you about, she knew about it, obviously. And so we, we watched it one time, and it almost became, like, educational. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, we weren't really doing nothing, but we, you know, it's all around you. And so that was used... One for entertainment, and then also just for education. We're like, oh, so that's how you do that, and then it goes back to those unrealistic expectations of this is what it's supposed to be, and as we all know, that that ain't that ain't it. Yeah. And for me, my experience with it almost had 
I call it an innocent beginning, <laughs> meaning. So when I'm growing up again, seeing my my sister kind of go through some things, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that does that to anybody, make anybody feel that way. But at the same time, I'm still a growing teenager. So I, how am I supposed to explore this? How am I supposed to scratch the itch or whatever, get, you know, satisfy my curiosity? So my answer was, well, I'd rather go and watch it on the computer or something than go out here and start experimenting with random girls just to mm-hmm. satisfy my curiosity. And as a result of that, so took me in a rabbit hole mm-hmm. that take and I think a lot of people look at porn like it's harmless because well, at least I'm not you know messing with nobody else I can't get any STD from it I can't get any of these soul ties and like no there's plenty, there's plenty of traps mm-hmm. you know in, in the world of, of porn if you get sunk into that rabbit hole and it takes a long time to get out of it so I think a lot of people just look at it as kind of an innocent way to yeah. satisfy that that curiosity and it's it's just as bad and then also I think with my I can say at least from my generation one thing that kind of started was the whole sex tape thing um, and like revenge porn so like <laughs> oh you no yes or no I think I've heard I think for Reven- your you said revenge porn yeah revenge porn yeah. you guys know everybody knows what that I don't, is I've right? heard the term I'm not sure what you what pretty much saying like nude pictures sex tapes that you guys have made as a couple you guys break up and then you, you oh, send okay. them to people and or post them I thought you meant they release them so you release them so okay so you just mean I mean, I mean that could be that, that could mean, be, be considered like, like, oh, the point, point then right. <laughs> everybody gonna see this yeah. so you right, know I got you. so what yeah. you know has that kind of played a role in anybody's has like anybody have any experience with those or um I would say it played a role to me I've never sent a nude in my life I refuse because because of that probably sure. like you're not finna catch me slipping you will never knock me off my block because I am who I am <laughs> I think I was married when that that started coming around. Actually, I think I was married by the time phones with cameras and stuff oh, <laughs> start coming out. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that. I've just never generation that close to anybody to, I guess, hurt them so bad that they would want to. I will like say that. I've received in the past a lot of nudes, but my integrity wouldn't allow me to just send them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not people. <laughs> the only reason I say that is because like one of the things that the reason I brought it up me and my friend were talking about it and like one of the reasons why she had to stop going to a specific high school was because she had had sex with this guy he reported it she didn't know and then he posted it on Facebook like two three weeks later and like everybody in the school saw it the blessing was this was back in like 08, 09 so like okay. the camera quality is trash mm. so like if you were to see it now you may not know who it is but like it's it's a big thing and I have even because I work with you know the child welfare system and a lot of my kids like they think that it's just cute and it's funny like Mm. oh we're gonna take pictures and we're just gonna send that and then it gets funneled through the whole school everybody sees it now we gotta have teacher meetings and and it's a lot so it's like managing and really teaching kids and everybody really just this is nothing to play with one is illegal and you could go to jail because it's child pornography but you know it does it can seem innocent like you said dj at the beginning and then just go all the way yeah so uh one of my last questions will be i was listening to yet another podcast and they were talking about um how some people feel like sex defines a relationship so do you guys feel that sex defines a relationship not just a marriage but a relationship Hmm. i don't think it was supposed to 
But I do think it does for a lot of people. I don't think I understand the question fully. What do you mean? If your sex life is trash, is a relationship trash? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no. If the effort isn't there to make it better, I think sex is a part of the relationship of every. Not every relationship, but I think it's a part of the relationship, um, and everyone isn't gonna be great at it. But you gotta have the effort. I'm more just an effort person. If like if your partner is telling you they want more or need more or want to try like this, mm-hmm. if it's realistic, I think the effort should be there to try to make that work and vice versa. I think good and or bad sex is a result of the relationship, but not a definer of it. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like kind of going off of what you were saying, you're not going to put that effort in if you're not really yeah. into that relationship It'll get better like that. if the relationship is a real... Exactly, yeah. because you're going to put in that effort. Yeah. I mean, whatever they're telling you you like, you're yeah. going to try to put in more effort. And what I also think of, though, is like a lot of people, if you ask them, would you ever wait until you get married, a lot of them say, no, I can't get married to somebody without... I can't, you know what I'm I can't test it out before I buy the cars. So they're like, no. So I'm like, that's why I think that, that question comes from in the play. I'm like, for some people, I think it it kind of, or maybe it's like you said, they just need to at least know whether or not you're going to put in the effort to try to satisfy me. But yeah, I think it has way too much influence than it, than it should. Really? At least as far as how marriages and relationships were designed to be. But So do you think that it's even possible to have a relationship that's like abstinent or celibate? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Especially now? Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's possible. It, possible. It's, it's rare. I would say it's rare. I'm about to say it's yeah, rare. rare. I mean, you, you have to get to anything. You have possible. to get to the right people. If two people it, agree upon it, I could see that. Well, I mean, I've, I've done it. So before I got married, I was celibate for maybe two to three years or so. I think it'd been at least two years, and and I just kind of made that decision. Like as I started to grow and develop spiritually and mature, and I started to mature, I'm like. All right, look. If I even cross that line with somebody, I'm not marrying that person. Like I wanted the, I wanted the experience of sleeping with somebody for the first time as husband and wife. Now, that didn't happen because I married, you know, my wife. We had been, you know, connected 12, 15 years ago. But I still made that decision, and I dated like two people like strongly without crossing that line. Came close sometimes. It didn't cross that line, so I think it's possible. Like I said, but you have to have two like-minded people mm-hmm. to do that. So, after having all these conversations, why do you think God designed sex to be solely in marriage? Go ahead. Okay. So, I 100% believe that um, having sex before marriage can cause quite a few different problems in the marriage. You're bringing in ghosts. (laughs) Okay. So, sometimes, depending on what past experiences are, you can be bringing and ghosts of past lovers that you have this expectation you want this lover to be or you know your husband or your wife to be like a past lover or the opposite of the other person is like she was with such and such and you know maybe it makes them feel less than or inadequate or what have you so I, there's there's a lot of that for sure I feel like um, but then also there's always the pregnancies and then you wind up having baby mamas and baby daddies and dealing with that in your marriage and you know all those type of things I feel like play a huge part and God saw that he knew that that was gonna happen I mean like he knew that if you did this outside of the way I designed it these are the complications that are gonna happen and so yeah those are my 
top beliefs is why God said don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I believe the same thing, you know, just about the experiences that you bring into, you know, other relationships and everything. And again, me, I'm, I kind of study like words and stuff. So even studying like that word when it talks about when a man come together, they're joined. Like I said, it, it's talking about uh, spiritual, physical and emotional joining together. And the word itself, like, is kind of relating to glue. It's like you're glued together. That's why it says, let something that God join together, let no man tear apart. If you tear apart something that's glued together, it's not going to break cleanly. Mm -hmm. Something that was on you is going to be stuck on them, and something that was on them is going to be stuck on you. So people are walking around with a piece of you out in the world, and you're walking around with all these different parts of the people that you've been with. You don't know that they're there. You don't know the effects that, they're, that they may have on you, but... I can think of times where it's like, I've never really acted like this. I've never felt like this. And it's like, why? I've been spending too much time with so-and-so. Mm -hmm. And it just it can have a long-lasting and a permanent effect. It's some type of pain that you just have to, it takes a lot of time to heal from. And so I think that's why he kind of put that in a boundary. I heard an analogy uh, that a, a minister once used about fire. Like fire, a controlled fire is great. It's beneficial. It heats your house. It heats your food. It provides so much benefit to a control fire, but if you let a fire out mm -hmm. of a container and it's and it's just burning, why it's just destructive? And mm -hmm. that's kind of like what sex is. Sex is great mm -hmm. in a controlled environment, but once you let it out, it's destructive. And you can see all of the families, that's all of great. the fatherless homes, all of the divorces, all that has most of it happens because of some type of infidelity or sex outside of that container. Mm -hmm. Agreed to both of you perspectives. <laughs> All right. Do we have any other comments or questions on the on the live feed? I can't get it. No, but I'm glad you asked because I got in trouble. My wife told me put your phone down. I was told to check for comments. <laughs> Thank you. You got me in trouble. It's your fault. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I don't know. Hold on. Let me double. I, why I say that? No, I don't see anything else. Okay, thank you. That, that was it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to put that That up. was a great comment by Miss Michelle, by the way. It was. That was. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, I, I guess we know it'll be on the next podcast. Right. And I, I do need to text you, Miss Michelle, about the next one. But, um, but yeah, thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. I know it's kind of a out there topic, but, you know, I appreciate all of that. Um, and then if you guys are watching, um, we have New Revelation every second and fourth Saturday at 11. Um, our next service is this Saturday, um, the 26th at 11. Um, and also on the 26th, we have our uh, Battle of the Ages Versus, where we'll have the Generation X, yes, um, and then the more seasoned saints, I won't say older, the more seasoned saints above, um, who will have gospel music from 1997 and earlier. And then us millennials and younger will have 1997, you don't have to smirk, 1997 to now. <laughs> And, you know, we'll come and battle and, like I said before, just show why we have better gospel music. Um, it's not going to be a They had digital music back then? They had... <gasps> oh, we do need to get some type of album player, record player. Vinyl. What? 97? Come on, man! That's what I was saying. Like, I don't know if they still have Look now, y'all. Y'all going to make me take my shoes to, off and throw it at somebody. A record player? I'm going to go to the mall shop find an 8-track machine. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. play or something. Oh, Lord. I can bring one of y'all video recorders. And <laughs> the camcorders with, yeah. the, with the VHS on the side. Yep. Yeah. I cannot. You know, we'll have a great time. Okay, yeah, but you're going to be upset. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Not 
nothing. That's how the girl got left. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's time to wrap this up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Full circle. Full circle. Uh, but yeah, and then afterwards we'll be having a game night. Um, so all of this starts at four o'clock here at twenty one eleven North Kitley. Um, and then we'll have the game night. We'll have some food for everyone. And then we still have our Bible studies every first and third Wednesday at seven o'clock on Zoom. Um, and then we also have some really cool things coming for the new adult, for the young adults ministry at the new adult. Um, and then we also have all of our social medias, which will be in the description of everything. So definitely check us out. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Thank you.